Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. Welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us here on this wonderful, wonderful Wednesday. We're live here on WYSL until 2 p.m. Give us a call if you want to participate in the show, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Of course, we're streaming online, too, on the Free Solution Facebook page, Free Solution YouTube channel, Free Solution group, or the Kevin Wilson Facebook page and Twitter account. Wherever you're listening today, appreciate y'all being here. Appreciate y'all participating in the show. Again, leave your comments online or give us a call, 585-346-3000. Going to be uh, a little bit all over the place uh, with topics today. We kind of stuck to one thing on Monday, just talking about you know environmentalism, environmental law getting in the way of of actually helping the environment. And and I and I want to just quick. I promise I won't spend this whole show on this, but just quickly follow up on that because there there's been some change to that. It's that that change to the uh, the environmental review process that was proposed at the the federal level that. Ended up in the Inflation Reduction Act when it's supposed to be in the continuing resolution for um, a bill that's up in the Senate. It looks like it's not going to get through. It looks like that that small, just just tiny little reform that that would have make the, made things slightly less obnoxious, made it a little bit easier to be able to get projects through everything, and including you know uh, projects that would help the environment too. It it looks like that's not going to happen. So. Unfortunately, you know my end of the show rant talking about like, hey, let's let's hope that one little thing can happen to make things just a tiny bit better. That nah, didn't. Congress didn't do that. Looks like they're not going to do that. Uh, looks like a partisanship and virtue signaling won out over doing something useful, and and that's a shame. And then hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we can either find ways around that and or find ways to elect folks who are serious about solutions and not just again first you signaling to their base unfortunately i think that's what we got but we have a few other things to talk about today i want to talk about the uh the jones act um it's just because it comes up every hurricane season happens happens every year uh we'll talk about some uh new york state polling we'll talk about uh maybe we'll talk about some foreign policy issues if i get around to it um so a few things going on today, uh, and so we'll start with the Jones Act, just because this is this is what, it, this is another one of those laws where so many people recognize that the harm that the Jones Act causes, especially the folks who who live in uh, like Puerto Rico, but also you know Hawaii and, and any other like U.S. Uh, U.S. territory or state, and and again what it, what it does is that. If something is going from an American port to an American port, uh, then we it has to be on it has to be on uh, an American flagship. So it has American flag and American made ship. Uh, so that's that's just what it is. That's just how it goes. Um, and you know we it, doing so 
makes things more expensive because if there is a a, a foreign ship that is available to be able to transport goods uh, for again for for reasons to protect the American shipping industry and the American building industry. We're not able to do that, and it, and it becomes a problem in places it, like Puerto Rico. Not only because it ends up driving up the cost of goods in these situations, uh, generally, because again, it's more expensive to ship stuff. Uh, it, it's also that it ends up becoming a huge problem when you have disasters like what you have now, where you have a situation where these other places can come in and help. They could bring stuff from, say, Texas to Puerto Rico, but they're not allowed to right now. That's that's the problem. That ends up being the issue. They could do it. The, the government is not letting them. And you know, we end up with a situation where people are suffering. People are not able to get access to the things that they need uh, because – because the the government creates artificial barriers to uh, to being able to do this, and and I know folks who are listening online right now, I guess uh, there, there's a sound issue, and so y- y'all are just going to hear my plain microphone now, um, and we'll we'll fix that in between the breaks. So sorry about that for the folks who are listening online. We're talking about the Jones Act today, and so uh, again, continuing on the Jones Act side. So like w- w- this this is something that. Because people recognize how harmful it is, every time a natural disaster happens, like when Hurricane Maria hit uh, Puerto Rico, it it ended up getting uh, temporarily waived so that foreign-made and foreign-flagged ships could deliver goods from, say, Florida or Texas or wherever it is to uh, to Puerto Rico, where, where they needed it. Again, you could get you know direct foreign uh, ships going in there, but right now the, the the problem is is not being able to do that regularly. There's nothing to this other than like an artificial barrier to protect an industry that is well connected, hurting real people, hurting the ability for the people of Puerto Rico to build resilient infrastructure in the first place, hurting their ability to be able to recover from disasters. Right now, like the, the specific situation that's happening in Puerto Rico right now in the aftermath of Hurricane Fiona is that there's a foreign flagship that was taking goods, I think from, I want to say it was from Texas to Puerto Rico that had a whole bunch of diesel generators on it and fuel. And they could just they could just do it. They, they, are, they could get this to the island. They need that to be able to, you know, uh, recover, to be able to rebuild, to be able to have, you know, electricity, to be able to do all the things you need to, to do electricity for. And, and again, what is preventing them is this protectionist law. It'll probably get waived again, probably. You know, it, or, you know, this the ship will decide that the most just thing to do is to disobey the law and to just deliver the fuel. And, you know, if they get sued, then that, that is what it is. But, like, it, this is one of those situations where it's tough. Again, you know, they, they were expecting probably that there would be a quick waiver and they would just be allowed to go through and that's what was going to happen. And and it hasn't it, – it, it's taken a bit longer than folks expected. Because I say this every hurricane season. It's always a thing every single year, though. Like, why do we still have this? Why, in every disaster, do we need to waive this? Why do we need to 
let goods and services be more expensive in a place like Puerto Rico because of this law and in a place like Hawaii uh, or even here in the continental U.S. too in the lower 48, right? Sometimes it might be more efficient to uh, deliver goods by ship from, say, you know, New York down to Miami than it would to use trains or or uh, 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 trucks. Sometimes that might be better. It might make more sense. And it would be cheaper if we just were able to use other ships to do it. It gives you more options to be able to do that. We don't have that. There's so many laws out there that, like, it, it, again, it's wild how many folks recognize how destructive something like this could be. Generally, not just in these specific situations, but generally, and then still refuse to do a single thing about it. And that's one of the one things that bumps me out again. Uh, I talked about on Monday, like this, uh, this small reform to the environmental review process that that we could do, that we we could use to make things just a tiny bit better. We could do the same thing with the Jones Act. A bunch of people recognize, hey, this creates some problems. And we, we come to this every single year, every fall, every time a hurricane hits uh, Puerto Rico, it's it's a discussion we end up having. Hey, here's how the Jones Act is making this situation worse for these people who are suffering from the damage of a hurricane. Here's what we can do to fix it. Does it get done? Nope. Nope. Doesn't. Doesn't happen. Why? Why? Again, like for... for I know it's going to – it's one of these niche things, right? Like most people don't know this is a thing. Most people don't recognize this is a problem. Uh, but if if we're going to have you know people in the Senate and people in the House and the, the whole idea of a constitutional republic is that these folks are supposed to, to know and understand how the laws work in a way that's more complex uh, uh, than than average people get and is is something that's really big for, for, for like average folks like – pay attention to it's it's like you know it's 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 a specific thing that specific uh impacts specific people at specific times the whole point of our congressional system is that these folks that we elect to understand this stuff and are supposed to make laws that are better serving the american people should be able to address it and, and uh we got a facebook user saying if an idea makes sense and it's easy they will make a regulation and laws to screw it up and make it hard man it, it feels that way like that that's how it feels a lot of times it's just we we could do things better, you know. I, I I'm usually not cynical, but I was like, okay, is it is it just that like the the lobbying from like the shipping industry folks that are keeping this in place? Is there there some constituency somewhere? Is it that just most people don't care enough? Is it that there's not enough political power within Puerto Rico to care for this thing? Like, what what's the barrier to this? Shouldn't our members of Congress do the right thing, even if? There's no money in it, no constituency in it. It's just the right thing to do. I don't know. Sounds idealistic, right? All right, thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. Give us a call if you want to participate in the show, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon. Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. 
They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovations should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. Hey, this is Kevin Wilson, host of A Free Solution. You ever need a tool for just one project? but didn't want to spend the cash for something you'd use just once or twice? Well, there's a new tool library in Rochester where you can borrow just the thing you need instead of buying a new one. It's called the Tool Shed from the Southeast Area Coalition, and membership starts at just $25 a year. Use it for home projects or to support your business. Learn more and become a member at seektoolshed.org. That's S-E-A-C toolshed.org. Available in the WISL store at WISL1040.com. Official top quality tees, hoodies, and coffee mugs depicting the colorful WISL logo or the already famous Mount Worstmore line of merch depicting Mount Rushmore style are for worst presidents. Of course, you know who is front and center up on that mountain. WISL official items make perfect gifts, or they're a great way for you to make a personal statement. Locally produced and sold only in the WISL store at WISL1040.com. A free solution on the WYSL stations. All right. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thanks again for joining us here on this wonderful Wednesday afternoon. You can give us a call if you want to participate in the show. We're live here on WYSL till 2, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Or leave your comments online on the Free Solution Facebook page, Free Solution YouTube channel, Free Solution Group, or the Kevin Wilson pages, wherever you're listening today. Again, appreciate y'all being here. And uh, another comment from Facebook user says, been paying attention for 44 years. The situation is normal. This is how it's done. It makes no sense, but it is how it is, and it will be changing without, and it will be without change. Hashtag write in candidates only. Hashtag write in Larry Sharp. Yeah, no, that's uh, 100% you know, part of the solution, right? It's like, let's... Let's uh let's write in some candidates uh, if we need to. Again, there's unfortunately New York State made it very difficult for true independent candidates to get on the ballot this year. So uh, the, the the Libertarians, the Greens, um, and, and any other third party uh, who had their ballot access wiped out after Andrew Cuomo ended up changing the laws under under the weird guise again of the uh, of like financial support for political candidates right they're they're going to give money to campaigns but you had to the justification was basically that they uh wanted to make sure it wasn't going to fringe candidates so they raised the threshold of getting on the ballot even though it it doesn't even matter like it it, how you get money there's still a barrier to entry of you have to raise a certain amount to get the match from New York State. So it wouldn't have even been an actual barrier to third-party candidates getting on. This ends up just being a massive subsidy for Republicans and Democrats at the same time as removing their competition. It's in a state that has massive amounts of like brazen corruption. My goodness, that that's one of the one of the most uh, uh, outlandish 
acts of corruption that that New York State has seen in a while. It's pretty bad. Again, it just just a straight up giveaway. Take your money, give it to Republicans, Democrats. Doesn't matter if you don't like them, and kick out any competition. That that's what happened with this. And, and unfortunately, to that end, you know, like a, just a new poll came out. Um, which d- does not include those write-in candidates, folks like Larry Sharp or, or any other independent candidate. Uh, Governor Hochul right now leading in the polls 54% to uh, Republican Lee Zeldin, uh, 37%. The Senate race, uh, Chuck Schumer, 55%. The Republican candidate, 36%. Again, not, not including Larry Sharp in the governor race, not including people like uh, Tom Queter in the uh, U.S. Senate race who uh, I'll end up writing in. Um, and, yeah, it's it, it looks like it's going to be another year of that, right? And, then, and I know folks who are like, hey, maybe this is the year. Maybe this is finally the time that uh, the Republicans take over. It's probably not. I mean, maybe, but probably not. Uh, people said that back in uh, 2018, too. You know, and I had a lot of folks who were like, oh, well, you know, I, I would vote for... For Larry Sharp, and I know that, like, even if he doesn't win, like, getting a, a big percentage of the uh, of the vote is going to make a difference because that sends a signal to Democrats and Republicans to, you know, maybe co-op some of those issues or at least pay attention to a movement of people who are who are sick of the status quo, and people would people would know this, people would understand it. There's they know how, like, even not winning, having a significant turnout for. An independent candidate, especially one who reflects, you know, at least my values like Larry and oftentimes these folks values, uh, the, the, how that can make a huge difference. Because, again, it's not it's not just winning. If you can get a, a big enough percentage of the vote to to scare to duopoly, they're going to have to start to change their behavior or threaten to lose their power. And that's how we in the libertarian movement can make gains. It's not, it's not just winning elections. It's leveraging first-past-to-post systems to have them co-opt the most salient issues of our party. And again, if the salient issues are the economy and the reforms that we want to make there, great. You know, that that's part of it. If, it, if it's just, you know, more more freedom, more liberty generally, uh, you know, bodily autonomy, if it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, Second Amendment rights, whatever it is, you get a big enough percentage of the vote, even if you don't win, it starts to make a huge impact. And... So unfortunately, again, last time around, and it's probably going to happen this time too, a bunch of folks will recognize that. And, I, and I'm, like, I'd love to hear from you guys uh, listening today, 585-346-3000. But a bunch of folks you know, will, will, will know that, and they'll say, well, but but what if this time, because I don't vote for the Republican, the Democrat, you know, if I don't vote for the Republican, what, what if this is their year to do that? It, it's probably not. Yeah, it's we we look at the polls, we see what's happening. It's 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 probably not going to be the case. Not New York State. We we can hash it out with some like local elections, um, but I, and in this case, yeah, I mean, I, I I'm I'm pretty confident in that. I, I want to support Larry Sharp in this election uh, for for that reason, right? Not not just because you know he he's also part of a free solution, but but just because that's where my values lie and that's the right thing to do. And I, and I see it, unfortunately, where the polls go, right? And I know for, some folks are going to say, oh, my goodness, they overweight Democrats in these polls. They they, they, they poll too many of them. They, it, this, is, this is a biased poll. This is Siena poll. I'm talking about the one that came out. <clears throat> the thing is, sometimes, yeah, but uh, also there's more Democrats in New York State, and people tend to vote along party lines. 
sorry, every everyone does it. You know, everyone they they want to vote for their tribe. They want to signal that they're part of that team. That's how they do it. Uh, so they, you know, they they wait appropriately for Democrats versus Republicans versus Independents. Ask them what they're thinking, and and that's how you get the the, the breakdown of these poll numbers. It's it's not always great. There's plenty of things to criticize about these polls, especially the exclusion of independent candidates, which you know. Now they could say, well, they're not actually on the ballot. They're you know, the write-in candidates. We don't know if we should include them. Write-in candidates win. Lisa Murkowski won her race. You know, it, it, these things happen. Um, she she won her, her race on a, on a write-in campaign a few years back, and uh, but but either way, like even last time around, they would often exclude the third-party candidates, uh, and yeah, you you'd never get a shot. And that that sort of thing that sets the narrative ends up making it difficult for independent voices to get ahead in this and then it becomes just merely a horse race between the republicans and democrat you know candidates at every level of this at the you know the uh governor level at the senate level at you know attorney general level all those things right it's um that that's that's the narrative that gets set that's the discussion that ends up having uh happening in uh on most mainstream media you know outlets right it's it's a horse race between those two. No, you got to make a choice. You got to pick between those two. No, 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 I don't. You don't. You don't have to do that. Don't want to do that. If they don't represent their. If they represent your values, go go for it, man. Do 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 your thing, right? Like I'm not. I might try to convince you otherwise, but like I, I get that. I got to respect that. If if you're you're a person who agrees 99% with the Republican or the Democrat, yeah, you know they're they're the ones for you. Okay, must still try to convince you on the policy issues. But if you if you're like I, I agree ninety five percent with the libertarian and only sixty percent with the Republican, okay, you should you should probably vote libertarian then. That that's that's what you should do. You know, go go with where your values are because if you don't signal to those folks, Republicans and Democrats, like where you want them to go, you can write letters, you can tweet at them, you could do your thing. If you don't find some way to signal that you're not going to follow them no matter what. They're not. There's not going to be any incentive to change. That's their currency. That's how they like make decisions, in part about like where they're going to go and what they're going to do and what they're going to vote on, and and how they're going to talk about issues. It's. Am I going to get enough votes? Am I going to cobble together an effective enough coalition to win? You still got to hold them accountable to what they they promise based on what coalition they think they need to gather in order to, to to win in the first place. Sure, but you know that's that's how you move folks. There's a strategy to this. Again, you know, folks always say, you know, how a third party's going to win. That's that's how third parties can affect change. Libertarians think about this. Greens think about this too. Uh, you know, if if things like the Ford Party ever really get off the ground, or you know, the the Unite Party, if they ever do that, like if they they ever got serious about this, they they would have to to know that like that's that's part of a, a strategy too. Okay, if you can't win. How do we get folks to co-opt our issues? How do we get people to start talking about the things that we want to talk about? How do we move the Overton window to say, hey, we need to talk about Second Amendment rights. Hey, we need to talk about how regulations are killing businesses in New York State. We need to talk about how we need to uh, have effective uh, power sources in New York State. We need to talk about how we need to lower taxes so businesses can thrive, like all those things, or maybe just a couple of those things in any particular election, like – 
you want to make movement on those, start talking about it loudly, start building your coalition, and then start threatening to not vote for the mainstream candidates unless they start talking about your issues. It takes work. I tried to do it. Ran for Congress a couple of years ago, tried, tried to, to do a bit of that, focused on a handful of issues like education, you know, taxes, uh, things like that. Made some conversation about it, learned some lessons. Some things worked well, some things didn't. Yeah, you never know, right? Like you got to keep hammering away at it. And and, the, and that's the point is is to be able to do that here, be able to do that sometimes in the primaries too, but it, it doesn't always work out that way. But there is there is an opportunity even in this election, even when things look bleak, even when things uh, could be going better in terms of the policy direction I'd like to see New York State go in. There's still hope. There's still just a, a tiny bit of sliver that people will do the right thing and – it's going to be convincing. It's going to be building coalitions. It's going to be getting people to talk about your issues. They're not going to do anything unforced. you got to organize to make it happen. All right, thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. When we come back, uh, we'll move on to a new topic. We'll talk about some, uh, maybe some foreign policy stuff. Thanks again for joining us. Give us a call if you want to participate, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon. Solution on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today. Thank you so much for joining us here on this wonderful Wednesday afternoon. We're live here on WYSL until 2 p.m. Give us a call if you want to participate in the show, 585 346 3000. That's 585 346 3000. Or leave your comments online. I know a few folks are commenting on YouTube, commenting on Facebook. Uh, all you folks here today, uh, thank you so much for being here. And it, it sounds like we have uh, someone from Hawaii on the line, Fina from Hawaii. Fina, what's on your mind? Welcome to a free solution. Aloha, folks. Well, I was just cruising my Facebook feed. Uh, it's like uh, 7.30 a.m. in Hawaii time. And I'm not even sure where you are, but I saw you were talking about the Jones Act, and you're a libertarian. So I kind of yes. wanted to come on and, and talk about the Jones Act with you. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, no, tell, tell, tell me your thoughts on that. Yeah, we were talking about Jones Act well, in the first all, segment. Where yeah. are you guys at? Where, where, where am I going this, into? Oh, Rochester, New York. Now, see, that's the fun part of uh, doing the online show, right? We get folks from all over the place. So I, I'm so glad you called in, Fina. Uh, what, what, but what's on your mind about the Jones Act? Oh, gosh, I just want to get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, just no, it's great. Yeah. Uh, so, like, so how, how does it... Go ahead. Out here in Hawaii, um, it affects everything it's from the cost of living to the purchasing of materials to build things to the everyday purchases that somebody makes on Amazon. And it really affects Hawaii in particular because we're an island state, right? Mm -hmm. And so if someone drops something off you know, on Oahu, they're going to... They're gonna, um, 
they're going to float right by a lot of other islands that they could be dropping stuff off at, but they, but they can't. They can't go from if they're not American a vessel port to American port. Yeah. That is, yeah, if it's not a vessel that is an American, you know, a flagship, a made in America, crewed by Americans, owned by Americas. And, you know, I get the national security part of the Jones Act. I really do. I was in the military. I was in the Navy. So I get the national security aspect of it. But there's some things that, like, we can tweak that could make life a lot easier. We're not building a lot of ships right now. There are other countries that can build ships faster and cheaper and probably just as, just as well-made, maybe even better, than what we can do here in America. And, I, you know, I'm a libertarian, and I like free market solutions. And the Jones Act is over 100 years old. And what I tell people in Hawaii, which, by the way, folks, I am running for U.S. Senate in Hawaii as a libertarian. I got, you know, a shot, you could say, at winning, but not really. You know, I'm running. I'm running as a libertarian in the bluest state in the country. And Uh, um, we get that here in New York. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And um, this it's one of those things that my opponents, they're all for the Jones Act. Just to be, um, I, I, I'm not sure why, even though, because, like I said, it's over 100 years old. And what I tell my constituents or potential constituents, right, <laughs> yeah. is that it's job security for places like California and even not necessarily New York, but because you guys are on the East Coast, but there's ports on the, on the West Coast. Job security for them at the cost of living for people in Hawaii. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's wild to me that, like, the incumbents wouldn't be against the Jones Act there because of, like, the, the direct impact on it. Like, folks in California being in favor of the Jones Act, like, yeah, I, I kind of get that, right? Like, at least, like, it makes some economic sense, even if it isn't in the interest of the greater good, right? Or, But, like, folks from you know, Hawaii or, or folks who are trying to say, like, we want to help the people of Puerto Rico, too, which is a, you know, a emergency situation they're facing right now. Like, why why wouldn't you try to fight to eliminate this act? Why aren't there more people who realize this and realize the, the, the amount of harm that it causes? Yeah, I mean, COVID in Hawaii, we were hurting for toilet paper way longer than anyone else. We were also we went into several shortages and we still have not recovered. Like our shelves at the supermarkets have not recovered from COVID at all. Not even close. We were like half capacity of what we used to have. They'll fill it up with a bunch of like one brand of cereal, one brand, one flavor of cereal, and you're just like, okay, well. Right. So, you, so you get the one big palette of, of of cornflakes. <laughs> all right, yeah. No, it, sh- it shouldn't be that way. You should be able to again if you, if you had a lot more options and like where you could get stuff shipped from and what crews you know were were on those ships and what flags were on those ships. All right, like so you have more options. You can have better just in time you know uh, logistics methods. You could get to a point where you have stores that are well stocked and cl- probably still expensive, but closer to like what you'd see on on you know the lower forty eight. So you spoke of cruises. A lot of people don't realize the Jones Act affects cruise ships, too. So you'd think Hawaii would have, like, major cruise lines coming through and just cruising the islands, right, 
there's only one cruise ship that can cruise the islands. Because uh. they, they can come to Honolulu because they can hit one port, but then they've got to go touch another foreign country, right? And so doing that from Hawaii, you're not going to touch another foreign country for a very long time. It's, it's, it's not smart, so they just come to Honolulu. But if you want to travel around to the Big Island, Maui, Oahu, um, and, and Kauai, right? You've got yeah. to get on an American cruise ship. And there's only one out here in Hawaii. And, um, that you know, there's no competition in the marketplace. I think uh, Biden was uh, came on and, and talked yesterday, I believe. I saw it in the news, at least, talking about competition in airlines. Mm-hmm. And without, you know, capitalism isn't capitalism without competition. And that is, that's probably the best thing Biden said I've heard, at least. So um, I, I can agree with that. Um, now, is he going to do anything that, about it? That's the different question. <laughs> right. Well, we don't know. We don't know. We'll yeah. see. I, I, you know, it, it makes me hopeful. It makes me hopeful because what I've feared with the, um, the Democrat side of politics is that they were falling further and further, deeper and deeper into this slide of socialism down to communism. And I'm actually kind of surprised in the current regime's take on how they're dealing with China and Taiwan because they were sliding, like I said, down that communism, socialism path, and and they're kind of coming back up. And I appreciate that. As a libertarian, I appreciate that because I like my freedom. Oh, um, it, it is a nice thing to see. I know we'll we'll, we'll see how they're because there, there's there's a lot of complicated stuff going on uh, on, on like the left and within the Democratic Party right. and stuff. There. I try I try to like respect that and understand that a little bit. They got their own battles, even though I'm, we're paying mm-hmm. attention to libertarian stuff and and whatnot. But they got their own things. Yeah, they do. But like I said, I mean, but it affects us all, right? <laughs> it all everything that every everything that everybody does affects others, right? So. We can stay in our libertarian bubble all day long if we want, but at the end of the day, we're we're American, just yeah. like everybody else that's here. That's you know, important. I don't care the if thing... you came here. Yeah. Go ahead. I said, that's the important thing to pay attention to is, you know, like it, you know, a lot of folks say, I don't do politics. Hey, po- politics does you, though. Like they, it's, it's going to impact your mm-hmm. life, you know. You got, so you got to pay attention to what's going on with these things. Hmm. So... All right. So, uh, anything else to add? You know, we have a couple more minutes to where we're going to head to to break. But anything else to add uh, before we let you go? Uh, in the Jones Act, I'd like to see that ended. I am online. You can find me on beingabenoan dot com. Um, I'm on Facebook, Internet. So right that's on. about it. And you're, you're running for, for U.S. Say, Senate. Jones yeah. Act. Oh, heck yeah, yeah. No, I, the Jones Act, our Libertarian Party, coast to coast, New York to Hawaii, baby. That's right, man. The third largest political party. That's right. Love it. No, this is this is so fun. I, I'm so glad that you called in, Fina. Uh, this is, I you know, haven't had much chance to talk to uh, Libertarian candidates from Hawaii, and I'm always excited to talk about ending the Jones Act because it's something that doesn't get nearly enough attention, especially out here. Uh, but, yeah, end the Jones Act. Right on. Love it. All right. So, uh, th- thanks again, folks, for for listening today. And we're we we got like another minute left, so I'm not going to start a new topic. But love the phone calls. Give us a call. 
585-346-3000. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon. Why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website there hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals but don't take my word for it they've won the best in rochester eight years in a row and have an a-plus better business bureau rating if your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals give the professionals at simple tech innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182 that's 585-200-3182 simple tech innovations As a veteran of the United States military, I can finally get the opportunity to enjoy special events, things that we couldn't afford, thanks to Vectix. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can give our veterans a special event where they, too, can create their own cherished memories. Visit VetTix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. W-Y-S-L. Getting podcasts of your favorite WYSL shows is easier and better than ever. Use your favorite device, PC, mobile, or tablet to visit WYSL1040.com. Simply click on the podcast tab to select, listen, download, and share instantly. Works great with any wireless device. No additional apps are necessary. Podcasts of all our local shows are easier to access and play, so share them with your friends. And thanks for listening anywhere, anytime to the Voice of Liberty, the WYSL stations. A free solution on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thanks again for joining us here on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon. Appreciate the caller from the last segment. Good morning to you, Fina. Uh, appreciate you calling in, the Libertarian U.S. Senate candidate, talking about the Jones Act. Uh, but I'm gonna, I was going to switch topics a little bit. I was going to talk about some foreign policy stuff. You know, we'll see how far into it I get because there's a whole bunch of things going on right now. Where, at any time, world events are happening. Uh, China, Russia, Iran, wherever. Right? There's always this pressure. Like, should the U.S. get involved? Should the U.S. intervene? Um, and I want, specifically, I want to talk about the situation in Iran right now. It's uh, like there's. Uh, uh, a woman who was killed, like they, they, they have pretty harsh theocratic laws, right? Like there's a woman who was uh, uh, arrested uh, for wearing her headscarf a little bit too loosely, and uh, she was killed in police custody, right? And uh, it's an awful situation, and, and that has kind of spun into a bunch of these, these massive protests, right? Uh, and it's again it's an awful situation where we're familiar with something like that happening here but this is specific to someone not wearing a uh a headscarf properly right like this is it's one of the, like i always say this right like don't whenever you create a law any law and not you specifically but whenever the government creates any any law whenever you propose any law it doesn't matter how mundane it may or may not be that law could be enforced with violence, 
right? So we, we talked about this like that Eric Garner thing, selling loose cigarettes. We've talked about this with with, with masking even. We've talked about this with uh, any sort of thing, right? It doesn't matter how mundane law, if someone doesn't comply with it or there's a police officer who's in, who is empowered to enforce that law in an aggressive way, it could result in someone getting hurt, someone thrown in a cage, or someone even killed. And so that that's that's what happened in this situation. They they decided that it was it was worth it to use violence against otherwise peaceful people, peaceful women specifically who weren't wearing their head scarves properly. All right, so that's what happened here. All right. And they they you know they did their thing. Um and and now people are mad about it. You know, and part of me is like, hey, good, you know, this is uh, it, I, it's good to see people standing up against the government using violence against otherwise peaceful people to enforce uh, this particular thing, right? And again, this is not someone who's hurting someone or taking someone's stuff. This is someone who's just wearing a a headscarf improperly. Now, now I'd say the same thing about any other type of morality things. Like I say the same thing about uh, marijuana laws, for instance. I'm glad it's getting legalized in New York State, but any other drug laws too. Like it's is not a good thing for you to use drugs necessarily but do we want the government to use violence against peaceful people in those situations who are who are just consuming drugs no that's not not what we want to do that's not the best course of action that's not going to help anyone that's it's expensive it's going to harm folks it creates black markets there's all these negative externalities that exist from having a situation in a a, a set of rules a set of laws that stray from liberty right it's not it's not just as simple as we're going to stop the bad thing and then Duh, great, done. We're done with it. No, that's not. There's all these other things that happen with it, and that law, even if your intent is to help people, either with sin or with a vice or whatever, it can have these negative consequences. So now, now getting to the foreign policy aspect of it too, right? Because again, the, the United States folks want the U.S. to intervene in these situations, to be more aggressive. Like, hey, we're we're the good guys, right? And, and I know folks have called it and dealt with it. Often, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes the U.S. is the good guys. Sometimes, even when there are good intentions, things can go wrong. Things can go wildly wrong in foreign intervention situations. And and this is one of those situations where if the U.S. were to get involved in any way, it would probably undermine the struggle for liberty in that area. Because now so, – because this is what, what a lot of uh, autocratic regimes try to do anyway, right? Like uh, Venezuela did this. Uh, Russia does this. China does this. Iran does this. Every time there's a mass protest against those governments, something that, that, that scares them enough to like actually threaten their power in some way, they say, oh, the, they're just uh, foreign agents who are coming in and causing trouble. And, and, and you know, uh, it, it's just a U.S. intervention. It's the CIA getting involved. So like weirdly like the, 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 the tankies and the leftists – or apologists for like the the ugliest portions of the the Chinese government and and weirdly like Ron Paul Institute folks too. I, I don't get what their deal is with that stuff, but like you, you got you got this like uh, assumption that like the only way these people would be fighting for liberty is if like the U.S. were getting involved. The U.S. probably isn't involved in any significant way in any of those situations. Again, Venezuela, uh, China with like the Hong Kong situation uh, with. Uh, with people protesting in Russia right now because they don't want to be conscripted, they're, they're like, oh, they're blaming NATO Western interventionism. No, man, people just don't want to go into the meat grinder for a a, a an elective war. 
No, they don't want to do that. And again, same thing with the, the, the Iranian situation. If we did actually get involved, if the United States government did get involved in some way, and there was proof of that, there's actual evidence of that, not just regime propaganda, it would undermine their ability in this country to be able to fight effectively for liberty because it does, it taints the movement. It makes it seem illegitimate. It makes it no longer seem grassroots where there is a real situation where people are mad and they deserve to be mad. They deserve to be mad that their government is using violence against them unjustly. They deserve to be mad that you know they have restrictions on what they're able to, to do and see and how they're able to communicate across the internet. Those are all objectively bad things. And if we, you know, if any of that happened here in the U.S., we would understandably want to fight against that. We do, in fact, as, as libertarians and, and small government conservatives, try to do what we can to fight against that wherever we can. So I, I have some empathy for these folks. Again, I, I'm going to you know, hope for the best for them for a far because I want to see everyone be able to enjoy the, the fruits of liberty because there are so many places where they don't get to enjoy the level of freedom. I have plenty of criticism for New York State, the United States government, all this stuff. And I'll say this over and over again because I said this in the immigration discussion. I'll say this again. We still are, are pretty darn cool. Is a cool we, we, America is a great country that is full of problems, but it's pretty great. It's not Iran. It's not Russia. It's not China. It's not these other places where there are struggles for even the basic, most fundamental aspects of personal liberty that we ought to have as inalienable fundamental rights. Free speech, self-defense, the right to be secure in our papers and person in our households, all these things that like are kind of easy to take for granted. They, they don't have. So when I, when I see them fighting for this stuff, I'm like, great, that's awesome. But the U.S. shouldn't get involved. And, 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 and so, some of you might say, well, well Kevin, you know, well, shouldn't, if we want to advance liberty, if we want to do these things, should we get involved? Like, well, not the state. U.S. US government should get involved. It, it, it's going to be a mess. It, it's, it always ends up being a mess. Often, it undermines their legitimacy, and we end up parting with it. Again, we, we saw this with our intervention in Iraq. We saw this with our intervention with ISIS. We saw this in Afghanistan too. You know, every time we get involved in these situations, sometimes you, you back the wrong person to empower, and it ends up making the situation worse, or causing a civil war, or destabilizing an entire region, like our invasion of Iraq did. They even heard an argument made. I I haven't looked into this as much that, but. The Iranian revolutions that were starting to happen in 2002, there's big uprisings then too. They ended in part because of fear about the U.S. invading in the region when the U.S. invaded Iraq. So maybe they would have had these ref had significant reforms and been a free country that we could have had an actual diplomatic relationship with 20 years ago if not for the U.S. getting involved. So I would – like again, I I, I want to help. I want to see them succeed. I want to like have good things happen for people fighting for liberty. But the American government getting involved complicates things. We see that in, in Ukraine too. I think billions and billions of dollars. There's a risk, not just for undermining some of the legitimacy of, of their fight, but also for escalating a conflict in a way that could cause some serious danger to not not merely like. The like saying it's a danger to U.S. security like really does not sell the situation of how serious the threat of like nuclear war is. It is a serious thing. Now, again, I, I, I cheer for the Ukrainians. I want them to succeed in the same way. But we're playing a very dangerous game right now 
And, and, and I imagine that's something like that. We might end up talking about that on uh, the Thursday show, too. Again, folks, if you, if you don't know, folks listening on the radio, uh, Tim and I, Tim O'Connor and I usually do a, a Thursday evening show uh, that's, you know, just uh, a little bit more freewheeling. Uh, but uh, we might get into some of the foreign policy stuff on that show, too, and, and the dangers of U.S. intervention, not destabilization, causing civil wars, causing uh, – potentially nuclear conflict and and where where do we where do we decide to intervene in these situations where where the the danger of not acting is greater than the danger of acting right again do we does does the situation in europe get worse if if the united states does nothing if the europeans do nothing if we don't threaten retaliation in uh, response to a Russian nuclear threat or, God forbid, an actual Russian nuclear strike? What happens if we don't intervene in that situation? Does the United States government, given the position that it's in and the power that it has, have an obligation to get involved? Do we only have an obligation to get involved because of our previous interventions? Maybe. All interesting stuff to think about, all terrifying stuff to think about, but... As a libertarian, both for moral reasons, for economic reasons, for legitimacy reasons, the United States shouldn't get, get involved in most of these situations. Uh, but particularly in the Iranian situation, there, there's – I think there's an opportunity for, for a real movement to, to, to evolve there. That's what I hope to see. Freedom for everyone. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. I will be back next week. Have a wonderful week, folks. Take care.